you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Well, Happy New Year. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. You know what? It doesn't matter what 2023 looked like. Some of it needs to give you need to give him praise that he brought you through 2023. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus today. You may be saying right now, well, my 2024 started off, off rough. Well, guess what? He brought you to this place and put breath in your lungs to worship him. So it's a good 2024 already. Amen. Amen. God is good. I've just got a few things to tell you before we get started in our sermon today is um, this coming up Wednesday night is Fusion Night, but we've changed the name to call it Encounter because we want to encounter God. So anybody that's ever been to Fusion, that's Encounter coming up this Wednesday night. You do not want to miss it at 7 p.m. No matter how cold it is outside, no matter what they promised us, we're going to have Fusion because we're going to meet Jesus. Amen. Let's so come on out. C groups are starting at the end of this month. It's C groups and freedom. If you've never been through the freedom group or freedom class, you want to be a part of that. Man, it's been life changing for a lot of people. So be looking on the lookout for that at the end of this month. C groups. Maybe you decided, hey, I want to join a C group and be a part and meet some other people. Or maybe you say, man, there's something burning inside of me, uh, and I want to join. I want to be a leader of a C group. Man, see me after service or see Terrence after service. We still got some spots available. Here's the thing about C groups. C groups is to create community and family amongst us. It's hard to do that on Sunday mornings when we're in and out. Amen. So we're going to do life together. We got some fun, exciting ones coming too. C groups, we got some pickleball coming. We've got some, uh, some crocheting coming. We've got some Bible studies coming. We got all sorts. So if you think, hey, what a C group is, is this. I'll tell you what it is. It's you doing what your passion and desire is and bringing some people with you. That's what a C group is. So, man, if you want to lead one or join one, be looking for those. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out a pen, a paper. I want you to get out your calendar on your phone, whatever it is. I want you to mark this date down. I'm super pumped. I'm super excited about this. Uh, on January the 25th, January the 25th at 7 p.m., mark it down. Mark your calendar down. You're the second group of people to hear about this because the first group was in 10 o'clock. You came to the 1130. So here's the thing. The 125 on Thursday night, the 25th, our church is having the privilege and the honor to host the Watutu Children's Choir from Uganda, Africa. Wow, I'm excited. Last service was pumped. Maybe you haven't seen them. Maybe you know, the children's choir are coming from them. They have, a, they have a story. You can go look them up. They've been all over the news. They've been all over. Uh, they, they've done interviews with Oprah and a bunch of different people. They, they're coming in to minister up to us. Uh, you're going to hear stories about little children and how that God has changed their life and turned it around. I was watching a, a video of one of the young kids yesterday, and, and it made me tear up a minute. He was talking about how that he didn't have a family and how he was... He, he didn't have anything, but now because it, he's found Jesus, he has so much in his life. And he's coming to, they're coming here to sing and to minister to us. So you don't want to miss it. On the 25th of January, 7 p.m., the Watutu Children's Choir will be here. So you want to be here. I, I got a feeling that this place is going to be packed out with a ton of people because they're going to hear it because it's been 10 years since they have been here in Wichita Falls and they chose us to come back and be a part of that. So you don't want to miss that. On the 25th, it's a Thursday night. Come and be a part of that thing. Also, as you saw Abby talking about the marriage conference, if you're married in here, you do not want to miss it. You want to go to the, our website and you want to sign up. You want to go be a part of this marriage conference. 
I know Eric and Gina and no topics off limit. You want to definitely be a part of that because they will hit us head on to make your marriage and my marriage better. And we want to get a part of that. So go sign up sometime. We need to know a head count of how many people are coming. It's going to be an exciting time in February. So I get the opportunity to kick off the Freedom Sermon Series. I'm super pumped about this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says this, Now the Lord is, a, is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. There is freedom. Is there anyone in here that says, man, I, I need to hear from the God, God in 2024. I need to hear from him. Anybody? You can just give me an amen. Is there anyone here that needs a direction in their life for 2024? Give me an amen. Is there anybody in here that needs help making decisions? Amen. Is there anybody that needs relationship or marriage advice? You know, where my spouse is or going to be and what spouse I have, renewing my marriage. Anybody need help there? Hearing from the Lord. Amen. Is there anyone here that maybe needs, they need some freedom? Maybe it's from drugs. Maybe it's from alcohol. Maybe it's from impulse buying. Maybe it's from your bank account. Maybe it's from sweets and donuts. But you need freedom in your life. I know some people just got edgy right there, like, don't go after my sweets and donuts. But we need freedom in our life, amen? Jeremiah 29, 11, he declares this over you. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now listen to this. Then you will call on me. You're going to call on him and come and pray to me. You're going to pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found. He will be found. If you will seek him, he will be found. If you'll seek him with your entire heart, he'll be found. He has good plans for you. But we must purposefully seek the Lord with our entire heart. My question to you today is, we've got to take a stance of, we've got to become hungry and thirsty after him. Are you hungry and thirsty to get more of God? Are you hungry and thirsty? Is your appetite to be more of him, to feel his presence in your life, to feel his presence in this church? He says here, and he declares, when you seek me with all your heart, he says, I will be found. He's not hiding. He's not playing a game of hide and seek with you in your life. He said, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. God has all the answers you need in 2024. He has all the directions that you need in 2024. He has every breakthrough that you need and freedom you need in your life in 2024 if you'll just seek him. But you've got to get hungry after him, and I've got to get hungry after him. We must start seeking him. We must get desperately hungry and thirsty in our lives. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. If you hunger for thirst and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled, is what he tells you and what he tells me. It is a promise. It is a mandate. His word does not lie. So my question to you today, how hungry and thirsty are you for God's presence in your life? Father, I thank you today for all that you're doing in this house. Thank you for your presence being here. Lord, I pray that your life, your word comes to life to us, illuminates, brings revelation to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been hangry? I've been hangry. I've been hangry a couple times in my life. Let me tell you what happened at Christmas time. So at Christmas time, uh, my grandkids are in. All the kids are there. All my kids are there. We get presents. There are papers flying everywhere. Parts are going everywhere. Little pieces that I could kill myself on. They're everywhere now. But we're, when everybody's done unwrapping gifts, we go put the ham in the oven. And it's a brown sugar ham. Oh, smells so good. It starts cooking. The aroma is filling 
and I'm getting excited. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, brown sugar ham. Uh-huh. I like that. I don't know about you. You may be eating maple or something, but brown sugar is my favorite. So I'm smelling this, getting through the house. And then the most exciting thing you hear on Christmas Day is beep, beep. It means it's done. Woohoo! Time to eat, baby. I got my Christmas elastic pants on. I'm ready to do some damage. I'm sitting at the table. I go and start cutting it. All we got to do is put the sides in. In 10 minutes, those sides are going to be done. And then, woo, it's real. We're going to get these elastic pants, see how far it really goes, right? And so we put them in. We're heating it up. And I start cutting the ham. And then all of a sudden, I notice the ham is not done. I became hangry. I was like, ooh, I'm getting mad now. And so we said, okay, no big deal, no big deal. So we take the ham, we take the sides out, we put them on the side, and stick the ham back in to make it cook real quick, start heating it up. And then we pull the ham out because now we hear the beep again. Beep, beep, it's ready. I'm excited, the ham's done. But now the sides are cold. Now I'm really getting hangry. I just didn't go to my next-door neighbor who I don't know and say, hey, plastic, my elastic pants are ready for your dinner, so come on, feed me, buddy. I'm ready to go right now. So then we decided... Everything is right in front of us, ready for us to devour it, but not everything's ready yet. So desperate times calls for desperate measures. And so what we do is we take those sides, we shove them in the microwave. Oh, now it's all, life is all good. Because we took desperate times calls desperate measures. We were in desperation to sit down at that table and eat. It was time to enjoy some Christmas meals. Have you ever been hangry in your life? Have you experienced what I'm talking about here? It gets a little irritable, right? But sometimes when desperate times calls for desperate measures, you've got to do something you've never done before. In your life, if you're hungry for Christ, you've got to do something you've never done before. You've got to move into the spirit and say, I've got to do something I've never done before. I'm desperate. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty after you is what I am. I want more of your presence. So my question to you again today is how hungry and thirsty, how desperate are you for God in your life? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tells a story, and, and you go back and read it, write it down, but Matthew chapter 6 is a, an amazing time when Jesus is talking to his followers, and when he talks to his followers, there's three things that he tells us in this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 6. He tells us this, he says, when you give, but when you, and then he reiterates it, but when you give, so what Jesus is saying is if you're a follower of him, you're to be a giver. But then he drops down and says, when you pray, but when you pray, he reiterates it again, but when you pray, so once again, Jesus is saying to us, we are to be prayers. We are to be people that pray. He says in his word that his house will be called a house of prayer. We are to be people who pray. And then if you drop down further in Matthew chapter 6, he says to us, he says, when you fast, but when you fast, he reiterates once again, He tells us a third time, but when you fast, it's all three of these things are not a suggestion. It's not, well, if I feel like it, it's this is what you do as a follower of Christ. When you are a giver, when you are a prayer, you're to be a faster. You're to fast. Anyone ever raised, raised with a family? Maybe, maybe your parents did it to you or you do it to your kids if you got kids. You, you say something once or your parents say something to, once to you. And as a kid, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to that. But when they said it again, you were like, oh, I'm fixing to die. Anybody like, you say that to your kids? You get on to your kids one time. Hey, don't do that anymore. Do it again and see what happens. You know, that's kind of what we got right here. 
That's exactly what we got here. Jesus is saying to his disciples, he's saying, you, when you give. He didn't say if you give. He said when you give. And they're like, I ain't going to give. He said, when you give, you're like, oh, okay, I, I think I'll be giving now. He said, when you, when you pray, you're like, oh, I don't really pray. You, when you pray, okay, I'll start praying. When you fast, you're like, oh, fasting is a, no, that's a, when you fast, okay. He's trying to get your attention. He's saying this is not a negotiable. If you want to get closer to him, be hungry and thirsty after him, you've got to do these things. He got your full attention. He said, when you give and when you pray and when you fast, he completes. If you go back and read Matthew chapter 6, there's something amazing about that. Because not only does he say when you give, but when you give, he comes back and tells you what happens when you give. When you give, then the Father who sees you will reward you. Then he says, when you pray. But when you pray, the Father who sees you will reward you. He says, but when you fast, but the Father who sees you will, the Father will see you and he will reward you. There is a reward that come with being blessed by God because you are, because you are giving and you're praying and you're fasting. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. So how thirsty and hungry are you for God? How desperate are you to have him in your life? He clearly says in Matthew 6, you are to give, you are to pray, you are to fast. And if you do those things, he will reward you for every one of them that you do. So over the next 21 days, we're asking the entire church to enter into a time of fasting together. For the next 21 days, we're going to ask you to enter into prayer and fasting together. This is not a diet. This is not a, a call to lose your Christmas weight. This is saying, God, we are setting the first part of 2024. We are committing it to, to you. That's what we're doing. The first part of 2024, we are committing to you. That's what we're doing. We're saying that we will not do 2024 without your presence. We can't do it without your presence. We refuse to do it without your presence in 2024. I refuse to move any direction without God being in my life in 2024. We are spiritually... Hungry and thirsty for you is what we're saying to him. We're saying we're desperate for you. We can all look through all the entire Bible. We can look all through the Bible and we can see that people of God entered into prayer and they entered into fasting. And whenever they did, he responded or he moved or he gave answers. Every time the people of God entered into prayer and fasting, that's what happened. Are we thirsty and hungry to see a move of God in our lives, in our church? Over the next few minutes, we're going to take a few times, and I'll, and I'll hope to give you some prayer tips and some things that may help you during this time of prayer. And then I'm going to talk about some fasting tips to help you through this time for prayer fasting. Maybe you've never fasted before. Maybe you've never went on a length of prayer before. So I'm hoping to help you and equip you to get ready to seek God so much that he moves in your life and inside of this church. Because you know if he moves in your life, he's moving in this church. Because we're the body of Christ. Prayer tip number one, pray with faith. Pray with faith. 
Matthew chapter 17 says, he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as a small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing. Say it with me. Nothing. Come on, let's declare that. Nothing. Come on, say it again. Nothing. Nothing is impossible for you. See, a mustard seed is the tiniest of all seeds out there, but it just takes that much faith. It takes that much faith to say to a mountain to be removed. And some of you need to look and take that faith and take a step of faith in your prayer and say to the the chaos that's in your life, say, mountain of chaos, you've got to go. The the mountain of fear, you've got to go. The mountain of conflict, you've got to go. You need to look at the the mountain of confusion, you've got to go. The the mountain of addictions, you've got to go. You need to look at whatever mountain is standing in your way from getting the full presence of God in your life You need to take a prayer stance of faith and say, it's got to go and it'll happen. Some of you are going to have to fight the negative. You're just negative. Listen, you you are in the same boat as me. I'll pray and ask for something, but what I do, and this is really what I do, I set myself going, oh, it may not happen. So I'll go ahead and safeguard myself. Oh, I'm going to pray and ask and believe, but I'm not going to really, I'm not going to get my hopes up because if I get my hopes up, it may come crashing down. Anyone ever felt that way? I build up that wall just in case something would happen, just in case it doesn't come through. But what I've realized is that is doubt. That is not faith. What have I realized here lately is that what I'm saying to God is that I'm not believing what you're, you're saying you're going to do. You're not, I'm not believing in, in your word of what you said. In your word, you cannot lie. And whatever you said, you can't lie. But instead, I build up a, a wall, a protection around me instead of walking in that faith and going, you know what? No matter what. Some of you are going to have to fight that. Fight that negative thought process. You and I are going to have to pray with unwavering faith. We're going to have to stand on Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurable more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, he will do it for you if you'll just stand in faith and speak to those things that are not in your, supposed to be in your life that they got to go. And those things that are supposed to be in your life, stand in there, stand in faith, and wait for them to get there. Number two prayer tip for you. First one's faith. Number two is pray with power. James 5 and 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Hear this. The prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Can I, can I explain something to you today? This is not condemnation. I hope this is revelation for you, but I want you to understand. You can't actively and willfully live in a state of sinful life and consider your prayers to be righteous because God cannot have any part of it because he's just and holy. I'm not saying that we're gonna, not going to stumble, but when you stumble and fall, you repent and turn from the other way. It's Jesus who makes us righteous, but we've got to continue to follow him and try to be as holy as he is, to follow him and imitate him and become like him in our life. But if you've got some sin in your life and you're willfully doing it, and I'm not talking about opinion, I'm talking about what the Bible says, you need to take that out and remove it. Because until you do that, you're not going to pray with power. Number three, don't forget to listen. Don't forget to listen. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great 
and unsearchable things you do not know. Don't forget to listen. I don't know about you, but many times in my prayer life, I will get to a point where I will tell God everything. Oh, God, this isn't working out. Oh, God, this is bad. Oh, God, uh, I, I need this to be done. and I, need, I, I just spew it. I vomit the spew on him, right? I give him everything's bad. But I never take a minute and say, you know what, I'm just going to listen to him. You got to take a minute and start listening to him. You ever, been, you ever been in conversation with somebody and they don't come up for air? They don't quit talking? They're like, you're like, you're trying to jump in. You know, you feel like you're an old school jump rope. You're like waiting for your turn to jump in, right? And they don't come up for air. I used to have somebody in my life, and this is not a, I'm not lying, and please forgive me, and nobody's going to know, but with the exception of you and people watching the internet and everybody that posts this, but I used to have somebody in my life that, that they would call me, and they would talk, and I would never, they would never let me interject with them. You know, that's not a conversation, right? That's just a lecture if they're just talking. So, so I would just put the phone down and go mow the yard, come back and they're still talking I'm like uh-huh yeah okay and I go take a shower not that bad but that's how it does you ever had somebody in your life that just wouldn't quit talking you want to interject you want to be a part of a conversation but you're like okay well I just I'll just okay yeah yeah right don't be that way with God listen to him because he's got some valuable things to say to you he will tell you great and unsearchable things he will reveal things to you directions Guidance. He will, he will reveal the red flags and the green flags. He'll even reveal the yellow flags. Oh, oh, be cautious going that direction. If you'll just listen to him. So don't forget to listen during this prayer time. Number four, don't give up. Be persistent. Don't give up. Be persistent. In Luke chapter 18, there's a story that, that Jesus tells his disciples, and, and the story he's telling them is about a judge. And this judge uh, of this town, he did not fear God, and he did not like people. He didn't like anybody. And this little widow lady continues to come to the judge all the time. She's very persistent in coming to him. And she keeps pleading her case to the judge for justice to, to be done to, against her adversary, the person who's, a, who's her adversary. She continues to come to him, and he continues to deny her because he's like, I don't like people, I don't like you, I don't fear God, I'm done with this just go away and she just keeps day after day after day coming to, to coming to this judge and time after time coming to this judge and she's just very persistent she's not giving up and we see in Luke 5, 18 5 it says this this is what the judge says he says yet yeah, because this widow keeps bothering me I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me he's like I'm done with this let me tell you today God will respond to your passions he will respond to what is passionate in your heart. Don't give up. You got a loved one that needs Jesus, don't give up. Don't quit praying. You need a breakthrough in your life, don't give up. Keep praying. Whatever it is, you, don't, you get persistent with God. You keep going. You don't give up. You may not get your answers right away, but you keep being persistent because finally it's going to come through. You don't know what's happening in the heavenlies to prepare the situation, but you've got to be persistent. I've got to be persistent and not give up. Some of us are going to have to change our vocabulary to God hasn't answered the prayer yet, but I know it's on its way. I, I know, I know, you know, it's not here, but I'm going to praise him anyway. I know I'm going through it right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep believing. I'm just going through it right now. The answer is on its way. I'm going to keep praising him until the answer comes. I'm going to keep going after it until it gets here. I'm going to be persistent. I'm not giving up. 
It's not going to happen. And he'll answer your prayer. Those are four areas, four tips for this time of prayer that we're entering into right now. I hope that helps somebody of how to guide their prayer and build your faith and get you excited because he's going to answer it. Let's talk for a few minutes about fasting. Let me give you some tips about fasting. Maybe somebody has never fasted before. You felt like, I haven't done it right. I don't know anything about fasting. Let's talk about fasting for just a minute. When you read the Bible, fasting is about food. Most fa- all fasting in the Bible is related to food. There's something that you're giving up. There's actually three types of fasting. I'm going to talk to you real quick about the three types of fasting. I don't want us to rest right there, but I want you to understand where well, there's three types of fasting we see in the Bible. And the first type of fasting is called an absolute fast. And what that means is you go for a period of time with no food, no water, no drink, nothing. You just cold turkey, you do nothing. Now, let me tell you this. Unless you feel compelled by God, don't go on that one. And even if you feel compelled by God, you need to go get some counsel from some wise people and talk to your medical doctor about that one. Don't jump into that by yourself. You go, well, that's not having faith. No, that's wisdom. But that's an absolute faith. Jesus himself did that 40 days. Last time I looked, none of y'all Jesus. I'm just saying. Anyway, the number two is a normal fast. A normal fast is a fast that's done for a certain number of days. And typically you go without food, but you drink uh, tons of liquids, waters, uh, broths, that kind of thing, juices to keep your nutrition in. That's a normal fast. Now, the one we're talking about, as you saw in Pastor John's video and we're talking about today, is a 21-day fast, which is considered a partial fast. And what we mean by partial fast is a fast that involves giving up uh, particular foods and drinks for an extended period of time. We see this most common in the scriptures. You'll see this most commonly in the stories of like Daniel, Meshach, and Shadrach, and Abednego in the, in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel. Uh, they, they just went strictly with fruits and vegetables, and they drank water because they didn't want to eat what was on the king's table because they were serving the other gods, and they were like, oh, our God will take care of us. We're healthy. We don't need your stuff because he's going to take care of us. And you will see it there, that partial fast. They did it for 10 days. You'll see the Daniel fast. Daniel began to fast. He fasted for 21 days or three weeks. He fasted that amount of time, and the reason he fasted that is because he was grieving for Israel is what happened. And during that time, he ate no sweets, no breads, no meats during that time. Some of you said, kill me now. Like, oh, my gosh. But that's what Daniel did, and that's what we're asking you to do. And here's the thing. I want to tell you this today. Fasting, fasting without prayer is just a diet. Don't, don't go into a fast and not be a prayer. you got to pray. Because if you're, just, if you're just fasting, you're just on a diet. You're, you're not trying to communicate or get closer to God. You're just saying how much weight you can lose. So ensure, make sure yourself that you, as you're fasting, you're praying also. I'm going to give you a couple of different fasting tips that I hope that will help you make it through the, this fast right here. I'm telling you, if us as a corporate body, us as Compassion Church, Wichita Falls, if we go into this fast together, we're going to see a move of God like never before. I 100% believe that. Some of you have been looking for answers. You've been looking for healings. You've been... There's been things in your life you've been waiting for. Guess what? God's going to answer those, but we've got to make a move. The first tip is this, fasting tip number one. Fasting is a sacrifice. Fasting is a sacrifice. The bigger the sacrifice, the bigger the reward. You can look through scriptures and see this. You can see that 
Moses fasted before God gave him the Ten Commandments. You can see Nehemiah who fasted before, and, and he, he fasted and he gained favor before building the walls of Jerusalem. You can see Daniel fasted before he went into the lion's den. You can see Paul fasted before he went on the missionary trip to spread the gospel of Jesus. They all fasted during that time. Fasting is a sacrifice. It will be a sacrifice to fast. Because your body will scream and holler, every bit of it. Tip number two is fasting brings victory. Fasting brings victory. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we read a story about a king named Jehoshaphat. And that king and King Jehoshaphat, uh, some people came to him and said, hey, there's a vast army coming your direction. They're going to come to take, you, take over you, conquer you, and destroy you. And, and so what King Jehoshaphat, instead of getting his armies ready and getting, all, getting ready to fist fight with these guys, what he did is he went to the Lord. And what he did was he called a fast for the entire Judah. And people, people all over Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They all fasted together for every town around Judah. People came for all over to enter into this fast to get the answer from the Lord of what he needed, what they needed. And the answer was, when they came together in this fast, and when we come together in this fast, we will not only see victories in your own personal life, but you're going to see victories break out in this church. There'll be testimonies that happen of miracles happening right here. You're going to have testimonies because the Bible tells us that you're going to have testimonies in your life that helps you become an overcomer. So King Jehoshaphat, the Lord, as they went to a fast, the Lord responds to King Jehoshaphat and Israel, and he says this in 2 Chronicles 20, 15. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it's who? God's. See, let's just have some real talk about fasting. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have a battle. It's your insides are going to want to eat your outsides. You're going to hear growling. You're going to become hangry. You're going to want to push people down. You may have some crazy thoughts because you're denying your flesh because you're getting closer to God. You're going to fight the battles in your life, but what's the use? Not only anything happened, what's the use of me keep fasting? They told me something was going to happen. What's the use? You're going to fight that battle. But you got to stay persistent. Because the bottom line is the battle's not yours. It belongs to God. He declared that over them. It is not yours. It belongs to God. I'm telling you today, some of you have been facing some battles. That battle wasn't yours in the first place to fight. You need to give it to the Lord. And it's his. Later on in, in that Second Chronicles chapter 20, we see where God continues to respond, and he, he tells King Jehoshaphat, he says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Now, in my mind, my question is, wait a minute, Lord, you said you were going to go take care of them. Why do I got to get everything ready and go ahead and go meet them? What happens if, right? But sometimes we got to make a move to see a miracle. Sometimes you've got to make a move to see a miracle. You're going to have to fast and you're going to have to pray to see the miracle that you want to come up. He's still going before you. He's still protecting you, but you've got to make a move. God sometimes wants to see how much you're invested into this relationship as he is invested. He knows he's invested because he sent his son to die on a cross for you. How much are you invested in this relationship? What will you do? So during that time, right after that, King Jehoshaphat and all the people of Israel, they bowed their face down to the ground and they worshiped him. You need to worship like never before. You want an answer? You're praying, you're fasting, you keep worshiping. 
you're not going to want to. You're not going to feel like doing this. But you got to make a move. If you want something different than what you had in the years past, you got to make a move. You got to worship. When you feel ready to pop that Reese's in your mouth, start worshiping him. I love Reese's. That's why I picked that one. He'll help fight that battle of your flesh. He'll help fight that battle in your spirit. He's gone before you. The third thing is this, third tip of fasting. Fasting brings clarity. Fasting brings clarity. See, life is so busy. Sometimes it's hard to experience God's presence because our lives remain busy all the time. If we don't have work, we have job. We, we don't have the work, we have the schools, we have the kids, we have extracurricular activity. We stay busy so often and so much that it's hard to get clarity because we are not full of his spirit. When you fast, you remove things that clutter from the presence of God in your life. You remove the clutter that allows him to come through and it helps bring clarity and purpose into your life. If you'll be fasting and you'll be praying, it'll help clear things up. Sometimes our lives are so full, but our spirit stays empty. Praying and fasting is intentional seeking God. It's not by accident. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus tells us a story. He says he comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. When he comes down from that mountain, uh, he's met by a father who has a son, and that son has a, has a son that he says has an evil spirit on him or a demon-possessed spirit. That son, uh, that spirit has made him uh, uh, mute and has made him deaf, and, and he throws him on the ground, and he has him gnash his teeth, and that, that spirit just torments that young boy time and time again. And, and the father says to Jesus, he said, I want I, I, I want you to deliver him. And Jesus said, I will. All you have to do is believe. And the father said, I believe. But the father also told him, I asked, I asked your disciples if they would pray over him and deliver him of this evil spirit. And they couldn't do it. And Jesus said, I'll do it. Here's your son back. And later on in this story, I'm paraphrasing it, so go back and read it. But later on in this story, the disciples are with Jesus, and they get in a quiet place with Jesus. They don't want to ask in front of everybody, because you know how that is. That's a little embarrassing that Jesus did it, but, but I couldn't. So they get by, by their self with him, and they say, hey, why, why is it that we couldn't drive that demon out of him? And Jesus says in Mark 9, 29, he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer and fasting. Some manuscripts add the word and fasting. Some of them don't. But trust me, it says prayer and fasting. Sometimes you, you got to become spiritually hungry and thirsty. Are you willing to do anything it takes? Are you so desperate to get the answer that you need for your life? Prayer and fasting brings clarity that, that God will give you direction in your personal life and he'll give a direction and bless in the church's life. When you get hungry, you get filled. And the question is, with what? Here's the bottom line. That, uh, when you're at home, maybe you're sitting here now, but whenever your stomach growls, you don't have to have anybody tell you you're hungry. All it's got to go is, and you're like, okay, where's the Twinkies, right? You're going to, you're going to go find something to fill your spirit, your, your stomach. You're going to go find something in the, in the cabinet, in the pantry. You're going to go cook something. You're going to go through a drive-thru. Your stomach growls, you're going to do something to fill it, amen? Your spirit is the same way. Your spirit gets desperate, it gets hungry, and what it wants is more of God. But the question is, if you, don't, if you don't go towards God, what are you filling it with? 
Is it more TV watching? Is it more social media? Is it more things that you shouldn't be a part of? So that enters into your life, and it, and it clouds the room. It crowds the room that your spirit needs. But your spirit's going to get fed one way or another. How are you going to feed it? That's the question. So for the next 21 days, will you join in a time of prayer and fasting? As you came in today, there was a little card in your seat, and it said 21 days of prayer. And, and what we did, you could pray over whatever you want to, but we put 21 days, day one, pray over this. This is day one. So when you go home today, pray over the vision and mission of our, of our church and then add extra things. And every day for 21 days, we just kind of gave you a guide. So we would all be in unity praying over some things. And then on the flip side, I'm excited about this flip side because what I want to know from you is this. I am believing for... And I want you to take this card, don't throw it in your purse, don't throw it out the trash, don't throw it in the, the bottom of your seat, don't put it underneath your seat, don't put it in your kid's diaper bag, don't take it in, and put it in the back of these seats. Take this card and write down what you're believing for. Write down what you're believing for for the next 21 days. What is you believe? What are you believing for? What is the answer that you need in your life? Write that down. Take this with you. And every day for the next 21 days, pray for this side, pray for this side. And when the answer comes, if you want to share it with us, we gave you multiple ways to share this. But here's what the Bible tells us. We're made an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And when you give testimony, it helps build other people's faith of what's happening in your life. Enter into 21 days of fasting. You may be asking this, what do I do? How do I fast? On our website, we do have the Daniel fast listed, but here's what I'm telling you. Pick something that's a sacrifice to you. That's what this is about. It's about being a sacrifice. It's, if you, like, it, would be, it would be silly to go, oh, I'm going to fast fruits and vegetables if you don't even like them. That's not a fast. It would be like, well, I'm not going to, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to drink any more water for the next 21 days. And you drink Coke and, and Dr. Pepper all the time. That's, that's, not, that's not a fast. What is it that means something to you? The Daniel fast is going without choice meats. It's going without meats. It's fruits and vegetables. So it, maybe you're one of those people who can't stand fruits and vegetables. Well, guess what? Jump into that and see what God does. Last year, and I, I'm just sharing this with you because last year, uh, something that's very, if you know me at all, I am a coffee connoisseur. I love coffee. And besides coffee, I love caffeine. <laughs> I'm a really excited about caffeine in my life. I, I do a lot of caffeine. <laughs> lots of coffee, lots of energy drink. That's my life. And last year during this time, I decided to lay it all down in January. Last January, for 21 days, I had no coffee. I had no caffeine. I stepped away from it. I had headaches. I had withdrawals. I was fixing to punch some people and drive over them and drive off the cliff. I had all those issues going on right there, right? But it was something that meant something to me. It was something that drives me and keeps me going, and it meant something to me. And so for me to lay it down for 21 days and say, you know what, I'm going to give it to you, God. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to search for you. I want to find you. I want you to make yourself presence in my life. For me to do that, that was a sacrifice. Find what's a sacrifice. Don't say I'm going to stay off of social media. Social media, some of you need to stay off of social media because here's the thing with social media. Some of you see the highlights in people's life, and you're like, oh, I wish I had that, and you become burdensome, and then you see people that have the lowlies in their life, all the world's falling apart and you are empathetic and you take on that pressure and God didn't call any of us to carry anybody else's yoke or burdens you need to be delivered from that but don't make that it make it something that means something food wise because in the Bible that's what we see we see food 
Now, you say, well, I can't do it because of my medical condition. Find something that you can. But go on a fast that makes it a sacrifice. With every head bowed and every eye closed today. I have a question for you today. Maybe today you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you don't know. You came in here and you didn't know that he had good plans for you. You didn't know he had plans to prosper you. He had plans to encourage you, a hope and a future for you. And I want to tell you before you walk out of here today that that's the Jesus we serve. He has a hope for you. He has a, he has a, a good life for you. He wants you to proper, prosper, but you have to be in his family. And today, if you say, I, I want to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I want to make him Lord of my life, if that's you today, would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you today. Is there anyone in here? I see one hand. Is there anybody else in here? I see two hands. Is there anyone else in here that says, I want to give my life to Jesus? I see three hands. Is there anyone else in here today? I see four hands. Amen. I see five hands. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Put a clap together for him. Here's what I want to tell you. If you lifted your hands today, we are all a part of the Christ. We're all the body of Christ. And now when you say this prayer, you're a part of the body of Christ. You've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And this is what the Bible tells us to do. He says for us to repent of our sins and then be baptized. So I'm going to encourage you today. After we pray this prayer and you've accepted him in your heart, I'm going to encourage you today to take the next step in your Christian walk to follow Christ. And I want you to go to the next step desk. And I want you to talk to them out there about being baptized, when to get baptized. But here's what we're going to do. Church family, we've got some new family members to the kingdom of God. Let's pray this prayer together. Pray with me. Jesus, I invite you into my heart, into my life. Please forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.